Welcome back to another edition of NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. NFL Reacts is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. We've got plenty to get to on today's show. We're going to wrap up Super Bowl week with our uh, end-of-season NFL Reacts polls. And then we're going to get into a discussion on the upcoming quarterback carousel that we're likely to see across the NFL. So let me welcome in Kate Magic of DK Nation, as well as Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. And let's get right into these NFL Reacts polls. Let's put a bow on the Super Bowl uh, in the 2021 NFL season. So we begin with, will the Bengals reach another Super Bowl before the Rams? 55% of the NFL Reacts audience say yes. What do you guys feel about these two teams? I definitely think uh, the the Bengals are the team for me. And it kind of comes down to roster construction, what they have available to them in the present. Um, the Rams, I think, just have a lot of questions in terms of uh, their personnel, uh, it seems like Aaron Donald is set to come back and um, your defense should be pretty, uh, pretty well secured overall, but uh, they will be losing some, some offensive assets, uh, OBJ, TBD, Robert Woods, TBD. There's, there's a lot of TBDs there um, floating around. And I, I just feel very confident in the way that we've set up uh, the Bengals for the foreseeable future and uh you can't you can't really argue that they have a little bit more draft capital to keep continuing to build down the road not just draft capital but also you know cap space in general like the money the, bang, the bangles are are fourth in cap space you know going into this offseason and you know obviously other teams are going to be able to create some more by by some of these releases and stuff but i don't know like cincinnati at this point you look at them their defense is solid. Um, I, I don't think their defense got enough credit for that Super Bowl. I mean, the Rams, <laughs> the Rams couldn't get a single runoff. You know, I mean, they get that eight-yard run at the end of the game, but outside of that, like nothing went more than like five yards, I think. Um, so guys like you know DJ Reader and stuff were stepping up big time for them. Trey Hendrickson was looking great in that first half. Like they're pretty good on the defensive side of the ball, at least in terms of like not having holes. The big thing to me is just like that right, that right side of the offensive line. And if you have, you know, $48 million in cap space, you can find a right guard and a right tackle as long as you're not um, sold that Jackson Carmen off of the bench. You know, he was the, the backup right guard, basically. He, he was a second-round pick and a rookie this past year. So as long as they don't convince themselves that, you know, he's the answer and they need to shoehorn him in there just because they spent a high draft pick on him, I, I think they're going to be fine long-term. I do think the biggest question with the Bengals, like it's it's very blatantly obvious that they need to address the offensive line. The question is, because I feel like the Bengals always have money to spend, they just don't spend it. So now that you have Joe Burrow uh, and uh, like this whole slew of talent around him and it kind of feels like there's one missing piece here, are you going to be willing to spend is the question. I hope they will be. Uh, I hope that getting that close enough to like sniff the Lombardi trophy maybe gave them a little bit of that motivation to spend some cash, but that's sort of been their issue in the past. Not that they haven't had money, but that they're not willing to make those investments. And they're interesting because recently they have spent money on free agents specifically, but even then the way that the contracts are structured are very different. So like the NFL is still at the point where, if you have to give a player guaranteed money, it has to be placed in escrow. So you have to have the money up front, basically, to, to be able to pay that guy out later. Um, the, the big difference between how kind of like how the Bengals contracts are structured and the rest of the league is very little guaranteed money, right? So when Trey Hendrickson and Carl Lawson get the same contract on paper, like in terms of you know, X years, Y million dollars, they look similar. But then you look, you, you, you scratch beyond the surface and you're like, Carl Lawson just got a bunch more guaranteed by the New York Jets. And that's why he's a New York Jet. 
that's where it's going to become a problem for Cincinnati, I think, where it's like, are you willing to give, you know, three years of guaranteed salary like everyone else is? Are you willing to give that big signing bonus like everyone else is? Because you could sign guys on, on salary. That's perfectly fine. That seems like what their kind of plan is. But there's going to be a point where star players are no longer going to want to sign those type of contracts. You know, there's a limit to the type of player that you could sign to those type of deals. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you guys. Um, just the Bengals youth cap space, like all of that stuff, everything is pointing in the right direction for them to continue to be a super competitive football team. And you know, the Rams, I know Aaron Donald said at the Super Bowl parade, like he's going to be back if they bring back Von Miller and Odell Beckham. And then you look at the Rams money and cap space situation. And you're like, I don't know if the Rams are going to be able to do that. They don't really have any draft picks. So I think this Rams team could wind up looking very different next season. So I totally agree with you guys there and, and the NFL reacts audience on the Cincinnati Bengals. One of the debates of the week. Um, it feels like it's quieted down a little bit compared to where we were at on Monday after the Super Bowl. I was like, are we really going to do this thing for, for the next two months while we're waiting for the NFL draft? Is Matthew Stafford a Hall of Famer? Only 32% of the audience says yes. Me and Justice talked about this a little bit earlier in the week, Kate. I agree. I, I think that Matthew Stafford is a fine quarterback. I think that he's going to have success moving forward in L.A., but I do not view him as a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. And, like, let's just be clear. He's got plenty of time left uh, you know, in his career. He's only 34 years old. Like, he's got time to make himself uh worthy of the hall of fame is he worthy of the hall of fame just yet no um and i don't really think there's a, a big question about that um i i'm kind of surprised that this discussion took off as quickly as it did uh because man we just we we haven't talked about like nick Foles hall of famer uh all it takes is one super bowl i guess and you're in but i mean matthew stafford he's a great quarterback but he's gonna need i think some more um, time uh, sniffing closer to the postseason than uh, he's had uh, before I'm going to consider him a Hall of Fame quarterback. I still think Russell Wilson is a borderline Hall of Fame quarterback, and he has more bona fides than Stafford at this point. Um, Matt Ryan has a MVP, a literal MVP, and he went on a great run through that Super Bowl. I don't think Rivers is in as of now. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get the stat. I, I think it's just people want narratives coming out of the Super Bowl, and they're like, oh, why, why not Stafford Hall of Fame? We just did this with Julian Edelman a couple years ago. Like, no, guys, it doesn't work like this. Yeah, I think he can put together some more strong seasons and, and maybe beef up that resume, and so there might be a stronger argument for it, but we don't need to do that right now. It was a fine season by Matthew Stafford and he was never really, and he probably should have been more in the MVP conversation this season with the numbers that he put up. And he, he was early. Yeah, he, he was early on, but you know what? Like some of these boneheaded mistakes that we see Matthew Stafford do, which is probably a lot of the same reason that like we have these questions about Matthew Stafford. Cause I feel like his highs are very high. Lows can be pretty low. Uh, and I think just some of these turnovers and just the boneheadedness, uh, these are the things that sort of pushed him out of that conversation. So it, it, it's definitely an interesting one to have. But like you said, I think he needs to bulk up the resume. And he has so much time to do that. I wouldn't count him out for that at all. Uh, what he accomplished in his first season with this team in a new system, new coach, everything new, uh, pretty fantastic. He's got time to go. And it's not like we don't already have a large sample size uh, of Matthew Stafford uh, making poor decisions, making bad interceptions and stuff like that. Like that's just who he is. There's nothing wrong with that. He just won a Super Bowl, but that's part of the argument uh, against him making the hall of fame and, and his struggles in Detroit. I understand that. Detroit's not exactly a great franchise and they held him back a long time, but we can give him a little bit more time to beef up that hall of fame resume. Uh, will Joe Burrow make another super bowl? 68% of the audience says yes. I guess I agree with this. Um, 
it's really hard to make Super Bowls. And I think that Cincinnati got there before they were supposed to. So this team still has plenty of room to get much better, even though they decided to extend Zach Taylor. So I, I think that they can get to another Super Bowl. So I, I tend to side with yes on this one, I suppose. I mean, you did say that the Bengals will reach another Super Bowl before the Rams. So does that mean you're saying you expect them to reach another Super Bowl before the Rams, but not with Joe Burrow? This Joey B, man, yeah, he so. is the king. So. And no, I, I think this question comes down to whether or not you believe um, he's one of these next generational quarterbacks. Uh, do I think he's Patrick Mahomes yet? No. Uh, is he Josh Allen? No, but he's accomplished some very, very impressive things very early on in his career. I, I wouldn't count him out. I think, I think this number is right for, for one Super Bowl. right? The, the big thing is like, if you made it to, I'd like to see uh, what the reaction is. Cause there's a lot of like, just anointing Burrow as like the, the next coming. Right. Um, but Best quarterback in the AFC. Oh my God. Top five quarterback. He's better than Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. I saw, I saw the, you know, some FS one <laughs> studio show saying that yesterday. Like, I, I can't believe that, but I'm sure he'll make it back to another one. Um, but to your point, I mean, Super Bowls are hard to make it. Like Rogers has won what four MVPs. He hasn't made a, made a Super Bowl in any of those seasons. Um, so like, it's just very hard to get back onto the mountaintop. So I wouldn't be surprised if he does it, but I kind of think that he does just because like you, he's going to have so much time with chase, just him and chase, just like, they're only going to get better and he's only going to get sacked less. You got to remember, you know, this playoff run, he got sacked 19 times. The NFL record up to this point was 12, 12, like he, yeah, he, he spent like a lot of time on the ground. Yeah. It's not fun for him. So if they can figure out that right side of the offensive line, him and Chase are there for, you know, 15 years, I'm, I'm sure they could make it back to another one. I mean, to be fair, Joe Burrow did make a Super Bowl before Josh Allen. So it's true. He's it's the true. better quarterback. It's just a scary thought to think that, <laughs> it, that him and Jamar Chase are only going to get better. Like this was just the first season and they were insane. And so, yeah, it's, all the youth, all, all the money that they should spend this offseason, like this does feel like it could be that kind of window for the Cincinnati Bengals if they can get some of these things right in the offseason. Uh, which long lo which long shot team will be the next Cincinnati Bengals? 24% uh, of the audience says the Chicago Bears. 21% says Washington. 19% uh, say the Jacksonville Jaguars. 9% say the New York Giants. And 9% say the Lions. Now, I believe the way they decided on the teams to structure this poll with was the preseason betting odds based on where the Bengals were prior to last season. So it kind of makes sense when you look at some of these teams and I don't disagree with the Chicago bears really just because I've got a lot of faith in Justin Fields really taking a next step, having a new coaching staff in that will hopefully build around him and coach him up and find a way to really make him an effective NFL quarterback. I don't understand what we're doing with Washington at all here. It does it doesn't make. Yeah, what the sense. what the heck is going on? Like, I get so Giants and Lions are on the butt end of this, and I'm like, okay, they don't have quarterbacks. Chicago and Jacksonville are near the top. I'm like, okay, they got young, you know, rookies that are you know, everyone's pretty optimistic about where they're going. And then it's Washington, and you're like, what do you got going on, bud? Like, is it just the the <laughs> Russell Wilson is from Virginia rumors? Like, that's it. They're going to bring back Fitzmagic, and he's just going to go on a run after being hurt oh all this God. season. Yeah, I'm not he sure what we're doing here. Lovable guy. He's, he's convincing locker rooms to rally around him instead of the young quarterbacks. He's convincing the NFL Reacts voters to vote them over <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, who we like anointed as you know the best quarterback prospect coming out of college since Andrew Luck. Like, what can't Fitzmagic do? I'm I'm kind of disappointed that we're not uh, like this is a little uh, wild for me to say, but I can't believe that the Lions are as far down the ranks as they are at nine percent, because I actually thought of all of these like really bad teams. I think the Lions, despite their record, were probably one of the better bad teams in the NFL. 
They have a coach that like they seem to be rallying behind uh, their coach. I I'm not sure like what else we would have expected him to do with uh, between the weapons they have, the injuries they had, like this was just a brutal season all around. And yet there was probably no bigger pain in the ass the entire NFL season than the Detroit lions. And we're already writing them off uh, for this season. I'm, I'm like secretly rooting for the Lions. Go Detroit. I'm uh, biting kneecaps. I'm ready to go. Uh, I I think they could be the underdog if they make a lot of moves to get some personnel in there because I do think this is a coach that could be capable of uh, leading a team to uh, the postseason. The big thing with the Lions is just the quarterback position, right? I mean, Jared Goff. But is Jared have- Goff played in a Super Bowl, so like. <laughs> Like I, I'm not those comparing... are different circumstances though. I don't I don't think I that's know, gonna happen again. I know, but I'm just I'm just saying, uh he he's he's been there before. Uh Jared Goff has been to more Super Bowls than Josh Allen, guys. Just saying. I would've, uh, I, <laughs> I, I would have been I would have felt better about this poll if the Lions were number two and not Washington. Like I'll I'll say yeah. that just because what we saw from them last season and on paper, you're like, that's the worst team in football. But every single week they were going out and giving us fun football games to watch. The, li- the Lions were beating the Packers in six of the quarters that they played the first half against the Packers the first time and then the entire second game. So, like, the Packers were the one seed in the NFC. Like Some MVP. Yeah, some MVP. Ooh, right? Frisky. I like that. I like that. The Lions uh, he- are frisky. The, yeah. the big thing for me is just Jared Goff has a $31 million debt, uh, cap hit right now. They have the second overall pick, and it seems like the team is just directionless at that position where they're like, well, what do we do? We might have to wait until 2023, and it's like, uh, that'll be year three of the rebuild. Like At, at some point, you got to ask her get off the pot. Our, our final NFL Reacts poll, who will win next year's Super Bowl? 32% say the Buffalo Bills, 23% say the Kansas City Chiefs, 6% say the San Francisco 49ers, 5% say the Cincinnati Bengals, and 4% say the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I don't know about you guys. Uh, I don't have a problem with really any of this. I think that I've got a little bit more confidence in the San Francisco 49ers. I know they've got kind of a question mark in Trey Lance, but when we did see him this season, he looked like a young raw quarterback who still got plenty of room to grow, pr- plenty of athleticism and stuff. And that roster is still loaded. So I think I'd be a little bit higher on the Niners. Yeah. The Niners were my like sleep, not, not so much sleeper pick. Um, but when there were questions like midway through the season, I did think that that was a team that was capable of rallying. Um, so I, I like the Niners, but I have to agree. I'm, I'm with, NFL reacts here. I think it's the Buffalo Bills. They're too talented. Uh, they're too clutch. They are everything that you want in an NFL team. I just feel like it's been a, uh, I, I mean, the way that their postseason ended here, I don't think they would have, uh, I think they could have won the Super Bowl this year if the coin flipped differently. So I've, I'm going to roll with them. I'm, I'm mad the Packers aren't on this list, to be honest. You got five. We couldn't even get the Packers on here. Look, Rodgers is coming back. They just uh, announced the hiring of Tom Clements. That's his buddy. He coached him from 06 to to like 2016. Rodgers coming back to Green Bay. I'm sorry, Denver Broncos fans. But the Niners are the most interesting one to me because have you guys seen the guys who are are tweeting out uh, Trey Lance practice clips on on Twitter? Have you guys seen that? Oh, it's 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 nuts. Um the, he looks good in practice. I don't know how they got the practice film, but I saw somebody arguing about like a, a game that they went to where they saw him in warmups and said he looks <laughs> terrible. And they were like, see, he's not going to be good because he was terrible this one time in warmups before a game that he didn't play in. Oh my God. I too was terrible in warmups, but look at me now. I'm, I ha- I'm I here with you guys on the NFL reacts podcast. So like, <laughs> uh, I let's, let's like cool our engines here on the Trey Lance trash. Like uh, he, he definitely wasn't ready to start as an NFL quarterback. And we a hundred percent knew that. So I'm not sure why we're using that against him when it's a fact that we already knew. 
We knew he wasn't ready. We knew he was a raw prospect. You don't draft him. Uh, it, they didn't. He, they didn't draft him at number three uh, because he was uh, a finished product. That's not what happened. A hundred percent. And they also traded three first round picks for the guy. So it's like they're not. They're not going to move off of him anytime soon. So Niners fans better get used to to his name. I have a uh, high school coaching story for you guys since we talked about warm ups. I coached in Eastern Oregon and I was on the border of the conference. So like we're talking about driving three hours one way to go to an in-conference game. I know, I know that's unfathomable for, you know, a lot of people out here, but that's what they make you do in Eastern Oregon because a lot of these schools that are, you know, of decent size aren't anywhere near each other. We had a backup quarterback. I was coaching uh, the JV game. We had a backup quarterback, uh, who had to start because our, you know, quote unquote, started on the JV team got hurt. So we're driving three hours, right? One way. We get off the bus. We're doing warm ups. Our quarterback is, you know, you're, you're pregame, right? You're throwing on air. Uh, the guys are running routes. We're running our plays. Our backup quarterback, he goes 0 for 8 on air, on oh air. My. And it's just like everyone gets that like sick feeling to their stomach where we're like, we just probably wasted like 10 hours driving here, playing the game. Going back. Like, <laughs> this kid cannot complete a pass. And you know, think of the, the gas mo- prices, man. Like <sighs> you don't, don't make me waste my gas. Tell me he did well. Tell me he did well. No, no, he didn't do. Well. Oh no. <laughs> he, did, he did terrible. He did terrible. Uh, I thought this was going to be a yeah. redeeming end. No. Yeah. No. I thought we were going to take a turn and you were going to be like, he lit it up. He, he went absolutely. Oh down. no. He, and he then it was very, Patrick Mahomes. Like, Mind he, you, he was like 15 at the time, like just eating sandwiches out of brown bags and stuff. So can't blame he's him. He's probably too much, listening but... to this podcast right now. Well, uh, I didn't name names. Sort of... I didn't name names. He knows who you're talking about, Justice well, Mosqueda. It happens. I just remember back to Patrick Mahomes' first year as a starter in 2018 and going to training camp practices like every single day. And he was throwing picks left and right. And people were freaking out because that was the first off season. They had moved on from Alex Smith and people were like, he can't complete a pass in, in, in practice. This is, this is going to be over like before the season even starts. And everybody's like, slow down. It turned out. All right. Through 50 touchdowns that year. The the Rogers stuff was the same. I mean, have you guys seen the clip of uh, the guy at the owner's meeting talking to, you know, then general manager, Ted Thompson, and he goes, you know, Brett Favre's going to take you to the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers is going to take you to the toilet bowl. And that was after, you know, a, a couple bad preseasons in a row from from Aaron Rodgers. And he ended up looking OK, you know, down the stretch. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I can only imagine, has that on like an audio loop in his headphones pregame. Um, and in every throw he makes, he's probably thinking about that. But like, I, I mean, we're always going to overreact to everything in preseason. Uh, I I'm old enough to remember when Jamar Chase can't catch a football uh, because of the white, the lack of white stripes. It's just too hard to see, guys. Um, well, he saw the ball and he saw it all the way to the Super Bowl. So I, uh, we're all wrong always. Uh, any negative take you have in the preseason, it's probably going to be wrong at some point. Like it, it we're just we're not. Uh, we're a little reactionary. I'll say that. Yeah. NFL reactionary. So it's okay for us to just sit back and actually see these guys in a game um, yeah. before we jump to conclusions. But those are our NFL reacts polls uh, for this week. There is going to be some shakeup, I think, in the NFL this offseason when it comes to the quarterbacks, or at least it seems like we're headed that way. Um, you know, Justice mentioned Aaron Rodgers, and I agree with him. I think it seems more and more likely that Aaron Rodgers is just going to be back with the green Bay Packers, but Russell Wilson is one of those quarterbacks who it seems like there's a a, a real chance. He is not the starting quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks next season. I'm curious if you guys are really getting that vibe, you know, we had the interview with stats where he was pressing him about it. And Russell hasn't dropped that fresh list yet of teams that he'd be interested in playing for, but it, it just really feels like his time in Seattle is coming to an end. It just doesn't feel like, uh, and shout out to stats, uh, our, our own Rob stats Guerrero who had just, if I have thought about that interview, I think every day since it dropped, 
it just absolutely great pressure on Russell Wilson. Uh, no offensive line could have saved him from the pressure of stats right there in that moment. I think it feels like he's not going to return because he didn't have any sort of um, real answer. I think Russell Wilson is generally a guy that I, I think interviews pretty well, has good answers. There wasn't any good answer for any of these questions. It was just kind of um, the the general general interview speak. And I think like if you were working things out, I think he would have had something more substantial to say. Um, and, and uh, does that make sense at all? I feel like he would have had uh, a little bit more, more honesty. Like, yeah, we had a rough patch, but we're like, no, it was just sort of like blanketed generic talk. And I feel like if there was, um, I don't know, any sort of resolve there, we would have heard about the resolve and getting gotten some more acknowledgement. Did you guys see the uh, KJ Wright comment that he had on, on some sort of, I, I didn't see what podcast it was, but they asked him like, what's it like playing with Mr. Unlimited? He's like, I'm not going to answer that question. It seems like <laughs> oh. you know, KJ is no longer a Seattle Seahawk, but you know, he was there for a lot of years. And the fact that he's not willing to talk about what's it like to play with Russell Wilson seems like he might be rubbing some guys in the locker room wrong, you know, over multiple years now. And at some point you have to wonder, like, when are the Seahawks just going to get tired of this? You know, when are they going to get Russell Wilson fatigue and just be like, I'm tired of this dude just coming out with a list of teams that he wants to get traded to every offseason. Like, we're firing offensive coordinators every single year. They just completely revamped the, the defensive staff with guys that, these aren't Pete Carroll, you know, coaching tree guys. Like these aren't the guys who used to get head coaching jobs. So like, what more can you want? Like if, if Pete's going to be the head coach and Schneider's going to be the general manager, you've already changed over everyone else in the coaching staff. You're doing all these things to appease Russ. Like what more can you do? Well, if you remember back to like the Legion of Boom days, there was some stuff flying around about, you know, guys on that defense being like, we're the reason we won a championship and not really loving Russell Wilson because uh, of the way the organization backed him and kind of the, the way he went about doing things. So I don't think this stuff is shocking, but they sided with Russell Wilson, which I think in the long run was the right move because he is your franchise quarterback, but it just seems more and more likely that he's going to find a new home. It's, the Broncos are, I think, like one of those top tier teams for me that like if they just find a quarterback, all the pieces are in place for them to be a really good football team. Kate, I'm curious, like if I can put you on the spot here, your Pittsburgh Steelers, like what would you give up to acquire Russell Wilson this offseason? So you guys have a quarterback now that Ben Roethlisberger's retired. Uh, I'm going to be honest, I I would much rather, uh, I think, give up a little bit less and get a guy like Kirk Cousins. And I think uh, I'm not probably going to be the most uh, like highly praised person for that comment because, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins doesn't exactly have that. Uh, he's not known for his clutch genes. I'll say that. Um, but I mean, Kirk Cousins, he has performed pretty much year in and year out, like top 12 and uh, yards, yards per attempt. Uh, like he's throwing touchdowns, like he's doing all that, all those things that you want. He's protecting the ball. Um, and outside of uh, the fact that he like wants COVID to kill him and making that whole stink about that, like he's just generally, I think, uh, a little bit more satisfied with the weapons around him and you don't hear as much like I'm it, it just feels like a lot of excuses and a lot of disappointment with Russell Wilson um, like for what he's advertised to be just doesn't doesn't uh, seem to show up in the results column quite as often. Yeah. I think with Kirk, there's still disappointment there. It's just like he's like, I cannot believe you guys keep paying me $40 million a year. I'm going to keep cashing these checks. I mean, they, they said, I don't know why Vikings fans were surprised yesterday. Kevin O'Connell came out and basically said, like, Kirk Cousins is our guy. And people were like, wow, I can't believe this. Kirk is really going to get another extension because, you know, he's, his contract, his cap hits are at the point where they're probably going to try to rework his deal and, and give him a couple more years just to uh, loosen, you know, the, the cap hits or cap percentage, I guess. Um, but 
like Kevin O'Connell was his quarterback's coach in Washington. Why did why did you guys think he got hired? I, I, when when Kevin O'Connell was hired, I felt like the narrative generally was his pitch was I came here to like fix Kirk, right? Like I I, I don't get what happened between uh, Vikings fans seeing that information and being able to like digest it. And I also like I, I still don't think that Kirk is the entire problem there. Like. I think this narrative is so far overblown uh, that Kirk is the problem. Like I said, he's like, he's, he's done pretty much everything you've really asked of him, maybe outside of like pushing the limits top five in like adjusted completion percentage, top five in NFL passer rating. He plays a clean game. He protects the ball. He's uh, a game manager. I think like, is it the personality and the fact that he's not really that, like I said, it's like the lack of clutch factor maybe, but I think if you put him in a position with a solid defense, like the Pittsburgh Steelers have uh, went healthy, um, you know, if he's got a suitable offensive line, which I think they're going to work on this off season, I'd rather have Kirk, who I think is just a more consistent NFL quarterback uh, and, maybe comes with a little less drama, just a little. Yeah. You can do a lot worse than Kirk cousins. Like we've seen what the Panthers went through with Sam Darnold and what the Broncos did last year with Teddy Bridgewater. And we're comparing Kirk cousins to Sam Darnold right now. You could do a lot. Worse. No, there is no more disrespected quarterback. I think in the NFL than Kirk cousins, in this conversation is proof. Um, Kirk Cousins for president. <laughs> don't of, don't say that because he'll like he's gonna run. Yeah, of he's, the he's gonna run. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, the like the homeowners associate uh, what the your your local HOA. Kirk Cousins for president of your HOA, um, and I'll take him as my quarterback again. Not not to say that his skill set is superior to Russell Wilson's, but. As an NFL team or as an NFL fan, I just think that, again, Russell Wilson, for what you're paying him, for what he's advertised to be, it just hasn't shown up. And the common variable between all this, like you said, the coaching staff has changed. The the offensive personnel has changed. The common denominator here is Russell Wilson and, I guess, Pete Carroll. So... Yeah, Russell is really good, but I don't think you've seen him enough times totally elevate the the guys around him like Tyler Lockett and like DK Metcalf uh, from what we saw last season. So I think he's still going to be if he becomes available, he's going to be a very coveted quarterback, obviously. But I I do uh, agree with you guys in that, that like there's still there's a lot of question marks are like things that you want to see from Russell Wilson before you're like totally confident and like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to mortgage our, our future to make sure we acquire him as our quarterback. Maybe we do get into this full NFL off season and the quarterback that we're inevitably going to wind up talking about the most getting moved because it seems like it's the one sure thing that we know uh, about this quarterback carousel is that Deshaun Watson's probably not going to play for the Houston Texans next season. Now, We'll continue to monitor and see how all his off the field issues play out. But it seems like in the NFL, they've already kind of made that turn to, okay, let's start talking about Deshaun Watson trades. Now let's see what we can do with him. And just from a football standpoint, when he's on the football field, I think Deshaun Watson is like a top five caliber quarterback in the NFL. Like he, he is a very, very talented football player who can elevate uh, any roster that he winds up going to now we'll, we'll, we'll see how all this stuff plays out again, but we we're already seeing the rumor mill uh, start spinning for Deshaun Watson getting moved somewhere. The question for me though, is like what, what has to happen for uh, them to actually be able to move Deshaun Watson? Cause we either need some news on the legal status or we need some uh, hefty, like insurance policy type language in that trade clause that says uh, there has to be some sort of insurance policy because you can't mortgage your future there. And then I uh, only find out 
you know, what, like a couple of months later that, um, you know, he, he could be going to prison. Like there has to be some sort of insurance policy, I think. And I don't know, uh, the technicalities of the, like the contract language or, or what, what you could do to protect yourself as an NFL franchise, if you were looking to trade for him, because I think unless a team has that kind of security, who's going to be willing to mortgage their future for a player that uh, pending the legal situation might not be playing football for a long time. I think this is a lot simpler than the most of the media just like gives it credit for. Like, he can't be traded for until until these legal issues are resolved. Period. Like I, I don't think there's a way you could build on those conditions. We saw this at the trade deadline with the Miami Dolphins. Like he's either gonna have these legal issues resolved at some point, or he's not. And if he doesn't have them resolved, he's not gonna get moved. And until he gets those resolved, that's when he'll get traded. And if he, you know, resolved could be multiple things, right? Resolved can mean bad news for Deshaun or good news for Deshaun. If it's good news for Deshaun, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of suitors for him. But until we get the news that, like, hey, 21 cases have been settled or whatever, like, I I, I don't think Deshaun is getting moved anytime soon. It's just the biggest liability you could possibly imagine, uh, considering his contract, just considering. And it's not like Houston is asking for less right now either. Like, once they got whiff that Miami was going to help him resolve some of these issues and settlements, like, they were like, all right. We were going to ask for more then, like more in draft compensation. So it seems like they're totally fine just like having him, you know, on the cap, you know, rolling this into the future and then getting maximum value from him as like a trade asset. So it works against Houston to to be, you know, on a timer and say, hey, we, we got to get this done relatively soon. So I don't think Houston is operating in a way that, you know, they're going to want to get this done faster than, you know, have the long term goal of be we're going to get three first round picks for him. Yeah. As soon as there is some kind of clarification or it feels like this is coming to a resolution, like I, I would expect that he's going to be a move moved almost immediately, but yeah, Houston in no way needs to be in a rush to make this thing happen. Like they can just sit there and, and make sure that, you know, unless he winds up going to jail or something like that, they can just hang on to him and, and wait and see to try to get the most out of him that they possibly can as a player. But it does seem like if we get some kind of resolution, we're going to see a Deshaun Watson trade at some point. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. A trade that we probably weren't expecting, and I still don't think we are expecting, is maybe Kyler Murray, uh, who seems unhappy with the Cardinals right now, scrubbed his Instagram, and the Cardinals leaked a report through Chris Mortensen that he's not a team guy, he's not a first-in, first-out quarterback. Kyler Murray releases a statement. It, It seems like he is unhappy in Arizona. Maybe that has to do with Cliff. Maybe that has to do with the guys that they put around him. Maybe this is all just a play to get more money ahead of time, which would seem like the good move for him. They were a talented team this year who came up kind of short, but I I don't see the Arizona Cardinals moving Kyler Murray necessarily. I I think this is all just a money play. Like it's the only thing that makes sense to me. Kyler Murray kind of short. I see what you're doing there. Hey, hey, um, poor Kyler. Uh, no, not poor Kyler. I mean, I, I think I, I don't really see any point to any of this, uh, in, in sort of creating this narrative when you saw this catastrophic ending to the season. Like, I don't think this is the time that you necessarily have the leverage uh, to make this. So I don't, I don't actually think this is a leverage play to get more money. Cause I think this would be a really poorly timed uh, way to try to, or a, a poorly timed, uh, you know, attempt to create leverage there just given the way the season ended. And you can, 
um, hem and haw about what exactly the reasons were if, you know, Kyler Murray truly was healthy, was he not? But the point is that to close out the season, I mean, they, they were the last undefeated team in the NFL and they missed the playoffs like that, or they, they made one round of the playoffs and that just is so disappointing, fell flat on their faces and it, it, it didn't work. How sick are you if you are Cliff Kingsbury right now? You were hired after being fired by Texas Tech. You're going to be the offense coordinator of USC. Um, the Arizona Cardinals hire you because you're basically uh, the one guy who has enough of a connection with Kyler Murray to the point where you fully can convince him to come play prof- professional football in a system that he's you know used to. He's not going to be messed up by you know playing under center in the I formation constantly or anything like that. Um, you got the same agency and now the team is, you know, leaking news about, about Kyler Murray, uh, that is like kneecapping him. Like if Kyler goes and it's just cliff alone in the desert, I don't, I don't feel great about cliff being able to hold on to that job for very much longer, you know? So they have to figure out how to resolve some of these issues in house and who knows where it's coming from. It seems like it's coming from probably the front office. It, it would be my guess. Um, but yeah, if you're Cliff, this is this is not good juju for you. Plus, remember, Cliff uh, had his name linked to the Oklahoma opening, you know, when they were still undefeated and was basically like, hey, Cardinals, how about you guys uh, give me a huge contract because we're undefeated right now and, you know, maybe I'll go back to college football where they're paying head coaches just as much as uh, the NFL. And the Arizona Cardinals uh, at least reportedly haven't given him a deal. I haven't seen that news uh, since, so – seems uh, like a very anxious situation just in general in Arizona right now. Yeah. I just wouldn't want to be floating around that locker room. Yeah. It feels like, it feels like it is kind of uh, like, like they've got some serious issues going on right now in Arizona. What if the Cardinals did something, did do something drastic, like, I don't know, trade for Carson Wentz, like Carson Wentz. Be you. (laughs) Be you. Wait a Yeah. If you're doing that, Cliff, Cliff, take the Auburn job. Take the Auburn yeah, job. Hey, Cliff would have to be gone. Like, have to be like, get out of there. Here. Get out of there, bud. Run. It does sound like there is a report that now the Colts, after acquiring Carson Wentz, after he's going to cost them a first-round draft pick, that now they're interested in moving on from him because things just did not work out for them the way that they wanted this year. And you know, we saw – Carson Wentz's limitations and the things that he really struggles with this season, like just making untimely and miraculous turnovers when he absolutely does not need to do that. Um, It sounds like he's not going to be there. I don't know. You're not, you're certainly not going to get what they gave up for him in a first round pick in Carson Wentz, but it does seem like he could possibly be on the move, maybe Washington or Carolina, like two of these teams with some pieces in place that are desperate enough to give up a draft pick for Carson Wentz. That could be like an option for him. I just don't like Carolina. I feel like uh, they're almost becoming like the new Broncos, just fumbling over their quarterback situation over and over and over again. I think that Carson Wentz would be like a very risky Uh, a little risky game to play in terms of like all of the questions they've already raised with some of the decisions they've made in recent times. I don't know where the best fit for Carson Wentz is, but you know, I, I have to imagine that he does end up with a starting role somewhere in 2022. I just, I can't, I can't fathom where, you know, speaking of Carson Wentz and Fitz, uh, did you guys see the USFL is starting up? They just released the uh, the jerseys for it. Do we get, do we have teams for the USFL yet? Uh, I'm not I I'm not invested yet. Uh, but I, they do have a, a Pittsburgh based team, so I feel like they I do, do need the to Maulers. root for. I do, yeah. I, I think I have to probably root for the Maulers as a former Pittsburghian. But outside of that, I'm not totally invested. Justice, can you sell me on it? Okay, here, here's here's my sell on uh, my New Orleans breakers. One, oh. great uniforms, great colors. Two, uh, their head coach is Larry Fedora, uh, the former head coach of uh, North Carolina. He was an offensive coordinator, a bunch of spots that produced a ton of talent. And their offensive coordinator is Noma Zone, 
who, um, you know, he, he basically taught a lot of these, these spread coaches how to do it. So they haven't signed a single player yet. I, I think the draft is next week. But just off of uh, offensive coaching, uh, uniforms, uh, color scheme, New Orleans Breakers, like they're, they're going to run away with this thing. I'm going to New Orleans in May, and I don't have a, a team for this league yet, so you talked me into it. I, I'm a Let's New go. Orleans fan now. Let's, Let's do go. It. As far as the, the Carolina Panthers thing, the, the other issue I think is no one really wants to be there, right, long term. Like we already saw this with uh, the offensive coordinator search where Matt Rule said, hey, I have to, I have to hire a rock star offensive coordinator. And then who did he settle with? Ben McAdoo. Like, like Luke Getze, who just got, you know, play calling duties with the Chicago Bears interviewed for that gig, too. Like, there, there's so many opportunities for them to improve at these positions that it just seems like, oh, hey, everyone kind of knows, like, this is a lame duck year for Matt Rule. Everyone is disappointed in what he's been able to bring to the table. They haven't really been able to figure out their quarterback situation. They can't get, you know, quality coaches in the door because the guys that he's canned, one, weren't very good. And then two, they might only be around for another year. Like they might have to be job searching, you know, next January too, if they take this gig. So I don't think there's very many suitors um, that want to be in Carolina. And when it comes to the open market, I think that's going to hurt them. Maybe, you know, a trade for a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Carson Wentz makes more sense than being able to land a Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, or, or one of these guys in free agency. But, I don't know. I, I'm just not optimistic about the Carolina Panthers moving forward. I, I, I think this is just kind of a dead year, and they're going to have to start another rebuild under another head coach in 2023. Yeah, it How does. quickly the turntables turn uh, one second or the Sam Darnold podcast. Yeah, it fell and apart. That. I blame it on Matt Rule. He he is he is a lame duck this season. I, I think he's going to be on the hot seat. Ed. You mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, obviously, Jimmy is not going to be with the San Francisco 49ers next season. But are we is it a guarantee that Jimmy G is a for sure starter somewhere next season just because there's so many needy quarterback teams across the league? Like Jimmy has shown that he can win. And so I feel like teams are going to always talk themselves into giving Jimmy Garoppolo an opportunity. But I just don't know what his market is. Like, is he actually going to be coveted? Is he going to be a player that teams are actively pursuing this off season? I think so. Uh, Cause he's always just been like good enough. Um, he's always had uh, a, you know, a good surrounding cast. He's always had a good coach. So I think it is hard to isolate what is, you know, just Jimmy G and his performance versus, uh, what we can attribute to those around him. But the fact is that, um, you know, people might look at his, his record, his winning record as a NFL quarterback. And that that's enough to sell you. Um, seems like a well-liked guy by the 49ers organization. I think there's enough there uh, that he is going to find a role with some team, but um my question is sort of what compensation are the 49ers planning to seek out for Jimmy G? Cause I don't know what folks will be willing to pay. I think there's enough quarterback desperation at this point that like, you can probably get that second round pick out of like the Panthers for Jimmy Garoppolo. And I don't think that it's necessarily a good idea to do it, but if, if you're put yourself in the situation of Matt rule, right. You don't have a quarterback. You got one year, right? 1.0 years to figure this thing out before you get canned. It it might not even be that long, you know, if we're being honest. And they're going to convince themselves, like, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's been to two NFC Championship games. He's been to a Super Bowl. Like, he can win you ball games. Like, he's more consistent than what Sam Darnold has done. If we could just get that quarterback under center, that'll solve our issues. Like, that's how these teams end up – messing themselves up in in these types of situations. The one thing that I will say, uh, just to tie a ball on this Matt Rule thing, do not let him trade future draft picks. Don't (laughs) let that guy touch the future (laughs) draft picks because this is what they do every year. You get the lame duck head coach, then he spends uh, the future draft picks, he ends up swinging and missing, and then you're just down in the rebuild, and you have to like wait like a full extra year before you can rebuild. Don't let Matt Rule touch him. I can see Jimmy Garoppolo under center in Carolina – 
He would certainly be better than what they have in Sam Darnold, but I'm st- that, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't push the needle for me there. So I, I think some of that with the Panthers is like their owner, David Tepper, who is kind of a psychopath about like winning and being competitive. And so a lot of these big swings have been kind of pressure from ownership there with the Carolina Panthers. So I wouldn't be shocked to see him do that, you know, after Sam Darnold and that blowing up in their faces and and they go out and get Jimmy G or something like that, because I think they're closer than they actually are. Uh, I just don't think things are moving in the right direction for the Carolina Panthers. Before we get out of here, though, I do want to get your guys' opinion on a free agent quarterback in Jameis Winston. Like, if we're talking about giving up draft assets or just signing somebody who's going to be a a cost-effective free agent quarterback who's coming off of an injury, I'd rather kick the tires on Jameis Winston than than trade assets for Jimmy Garoppolo, personally. I'm curious how you guys feel about that. Uh, Absolutely. Depending... I think you need the right coach for Jameis Winston. I think you need like a, a well-established team with, you know, some solid assets around him. But if you are a coach that, uh, I don't know, I, I wouldn't trust a team like the Panthers with a, a Jameis Winston, um, like the Steelers. Absolutely. I would trust a team like the Steelers that kind of have their identity already and are just missing that quarterback piece. Um, those are the kind of teams I would trust with Jameis Winston. And I'd much rather, you know, have to give up a little less uh, to get Jameis uh, in, in terms of your salary, keep your draft picks. I, I think uh, he, he's definitely got the, the talent. Uh, it's a matter of, can you wrangle it in and channel it properly? Um, I, I, I'm just a, Jameis Winston fan though I think there's almost certainly going to be suitors for Jameis Winston you just look at the situation across the league and there it's musical chairs right that there's too few chairs for the amount of people walking around and those chairs are quarterbacks um so Jameis Winston I think he's certainly going to get a starting gig the other two that I guess are like flyers but I think they're probably going to get starting opportunities somewhere are Marcus Mariota and Mitch Trubisky. I mean, we've seen worse quarterbacks than them start football games. And as far as veterans go, like, they're not that bad. Like, Trubisky wasn't a franchise quarterback, but, like, you could do certain things. Like, Chicago, I always contend, was the best when they let Mitch Trubisky run and when you use him in that way. And, like, why can't you do, like, some of, like, the Taysom Hill stuff with Mitch Trubisky? Like, that just makes him a more valuable quarterback and he's a better passer than Taysom Hill is. So like, he's probably going to get a look somewhere. Marcus Mariota looks very different from, you know, the end of his time at Tennessee where he had that nerve issue in his elbow where he couldn't feel his, his whole arm. And it seemed like his arm strength was just tanked. It seems like he's kind of revitalized himself uh, with the Raiders. Remember the last off season, there were tons of rumors about, Hey, are the, the New England Patriots going to trade for Marcus Mariota, et cetera? So, like, I, I think there's plenty of opportunity for a team to sign a guy like Winston or Mariota or Trubisky in free agency. And to your point, like, I think you get higher return on investment signing any of those guys in free agency because they're not – it's not like they're going to break the bank or anything. Those aren't the guys that are going to get the five-year, $40 million per year contracts. I think there's a higher return on investment in those guys – been trading a pick, you know, for Jimmy Garoppolo or whatever the heck you're going to do to to get Carson Wentz's contract on your books. I'm now in love with the idea of Marcus Mariota going to the Indianapolis Colts. I, I want to listen. Listen, I want to see that with, with Frank Reich, with the offensive line, with the the pieces that they have in place. They had another wide receiver in the draft. That's interesting. I think Marcus Mariota still got some juice left. I, I think Marcus Mariota, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines running the triple option with those tight ends that they got. Yes. Listen, look, there's worse options out there than Marcus Mariota. Yeah. And they're like, he's not going to break the bank. I, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Let's be the Marcus Mariota to the Colts podcast. Yes. Let's do that. And as far as Jameis goes, I think the NFL is just better when Jameis Winston is throwing YOLO balls every single week. 
I would love to see him get that opportunity. I think that Pittsburgh is a super interesting option for a guy like Jameis Winston. I would love Jameis Winston in Pittsburgh as a Pittsburgh fan. Give me somebody that can throw up that yellow ball. Please. Oh, please. It's it's the first week of the NFL offseason. The first Jameis Winston workout video dropped this week. Yep. Like he is ready to roll. He is ready to hit free agency. He is ready to contribute. Let me get some deep balls to chase Claypool from Jameis Winston next season. Let's see what Deontay Johnson can actually do downfield instead of three yards from the line of scrimmage. I am all about that this offseason. Okay, so. how would you feel about Mitch Trubisky in Pittsburgh? I also like that as well. Um, I it, There's worse options, right? Would you rather have him or Mason Rudolph? It's Trubisky, right? I would much That's rather have Mitch Trubisky. Um, and I mean, like... It comes down to this for me. I think that uh, Mason or Mitch Mason Rudolph, he's already so he's had his turn. He's uh, shown us what he can do. I do think he looked a bit better before he got clunked in the head, and think he played a little bit differently afterward. Uh, but I think Mason Rudolph, we we know what Mason Rudolph is. I don't think we really know what Mitch Trubisky is just yet. Um, you know, he had battled some shoulder injuries wasn't perfectly healthy. We know uh, his, his relationship with Matt Nagy was not ideal as it apparently is with uh, nobody else on the team. Um, and that is why he saw his demise. I'd love to see Mitch Trubisky again with a, um, you know, a solid coach, some playmakers around him, um, a good defense uh, went healthy that can kind of support both sides of the ball there. Uh, and put your offense in a good spot. I'd I'd be inclined to see it. I, I just want to see a a Steelers quarterback be mobile again. That's my goal. I always thought Mitch got a bad rap in Chicago. Like, yeah, he's not great. And if we're always going to compare him to where he was drafted based on the guys that went after him, that he's never going to live up to that. But Mitch wasn't just straight up awful all the time. Like he he had some moments in Chicago. He's like the that's 27th what... best quarterback in the NFL, and that's still a starting quarterback, you know, relative to some other team's options. You know, that's what my friends say about me, Kate. Not straight up awful, bad all the time. <laughs> I I will say the last quarterback I want to uh, shoehorn into this conversation. Can I interest you in uh, 2020 28th overall or 26th overall pick, Jordan Love? He's only 23 years old. <laughs> And uh, if Rodgers is coming back, you have to think they're going to move off of this love contract, not just for uh, one, you know, cap relief, but that the fact that they could probably get like a second or a third or maybe a second and a third round pick back for Jordan Love. Um, can I interest you in either of you in a slightly used Jordan Love? No. Um, no. Steven just, saw him in the Kansas City <laughs> game, which yeah, makes me scared. Yeah, I mean – it wasn't great. Um, it, it wasn't a fun football game to watch by any means. And with him, it's just like even with Jimmy G and, you know, there was some colluding, I think, there with Kyle Shanahan and Bill Belichick and Jimmy G only going for like a second round pick. But we had a, a sample size of Jimmy. And so we could say like, oh, well, we've seen Jimmy like be productive and, and be a reasonable starting quarterback. I don't think we could say that with Jordan Love yet. Like, I just don't think we've seen enough of him. So I'd be... My I'd hope be surprised is they, if somebody would trade a second round pick for Jordan Love right now. My hope is I just they, want the Packers to be stuck with their bad decision. Oh no, no, don't hold me responsible. No, please don't do that. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping for the Charlie Whitehurst trade with Jordan Love. Do you guys remember the Charlie Whitehurst trade? Not the like, he was like a no. fourth round pick uh by the Chargers, and then just randomly one day the Seahawks were like, We'll trade you a second round pick for him. And it's like, whoa, Charlie Whitehurst had like never thrown a pass in the NFL. Like that was when, you know, Philip Rivers was was taking every single snap for the Chargers teams. And it was like, wait, what? Why did you do that? And they're like, we heard he got better in practice. And I just need the rumors of Jordan Love that started getting better at practice to start leaking into the NFL media so that we could get something back in return for him. Like the the Trey Lance practice videos that, that are being released right now on uh twitter.com like I, I need some jordan love practice videos just slowly well, when we know into, when uh, we get some jordan love like rumors and when we get some jordan love photos i'm going to trace them directly back to you justice uh because 
my DMs are open. Got, Send them to me if you got them. I will. We, I will. Got, I will uh, work the propaganda wing. <laughs> he needs. He needs his Matt Flynn game. Jordan Love needs a right. Matt Flynn game, and then somebody will trade for him. That was. That was uh, New Year's Day, 2012, my senior year in high school. I have never been more hungover than I was watching that Matt <laughs> Flynn game. Oh, good times. Oh, Matt Flynn. Good for him. He made so much money in his NFL career. Did you see him on, on Twitter? Someone brought that up one day. And they were like, don't you remember when you stole all that money from the Seahawks? And he was like, yeah, it was cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Way yeah. to live life, Matt Flynn. Yeah. No Matt regrets. Flynn's, Matt Flynn's living large now because of that one time he had a monster game in the regular season. So good for him. But that's all we got for you on today's edition of NFL Reacts. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing on Apple as well as Spotify. Make sure you're locked in right here on the SB Nation NFL show all offseason. We've got plenty of content coming your way each and every day of the week. You can follow Kate on Twitter at FFBallBlast. You can follow Justice at J-U-M-O-S-Q. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. We'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>